Season one of The Backroad Cowgirls, Court and Kaya Take California is officially live and out into the world, streaming now on YouTube. Alongside my host, Courtney D. Hoff, we loaded up into a van and traveled across the great Golden State to share the incredible faces of California agriculture, and we cannot wait to share with you their inspiring stories and some of the shenanigans we got into along the way. You can visit backroadcowgirls.com to join our email newsletter so you don't miss a beat, learn more about the project, and make sure to subscribe to our channel right now on YouTube. Stay tuned and check out some of the incredible stories we cannot wait to share with you. Welcome back to the Climbing with Coach Kaya podcast. Now, today's guest is a familiar one. She's been on the show before. And if you follow me on social media, you've probably seen a lot of her lately. I am bringing back my dear friend, my comrade, my sidekick, my partner in crime, Courtney Dehoff. And we are going to be talking today all things Backroad Cowgirls. And if you're listening to this after it goes live this June, is the premiere of the Backroad Cowgirls Season 1 Road Trip on YouTube. So y'all, stay tuned. You are going to get to hear an inside of what it looked like on the road, how the whole idea came to be, and maybe a few of the shenanigans we got into as well. Without further ado, let's dive on in. Hello there, beautiful friend. I'm your host, Kaya, a cattle rancher turned accidental life coach after embarking on my own health journey, losing over 100 pounds, but most importantly, rebuilding my relationship with myself. Now I am more on fire than ever to empower others to create a healthy life that they love from the inside out by sharing the tools, tips, and strategies that I've learned and continue to learn along the way mindset, health, body image, self-love, entrepreneurship, and more. We're here to chat about climbing the mountains of life all while finding joy in the journey. Welcome to the Climbing with Coach Kaya podcast. Now, let's get climbing. Welcome back to the show, Courtney. Hello. Thanks for having me. Gosh, long time no see. What, what did we say? It had been two days since we talked. That's a very long time. I think it's been a solid two days and it feels like it's been years. Man, we have spent a lot of time together this summer, spring. What day is it? I don't even know. Um, And I've got to say too, Courtney and I have recorded this podcast before and it was really, really good, but the internet. So here we are again, round two. Round two is the charm, right? Yeah. We're back. And and we and a lot has happened since we recorded that. We were on the road when we recorded the first episode. So we have many more things to discuss this time around anyway. So it worked out fine. It totally did. Okay. So for those of you who don't know Courtney Dehoff, where have you been? But for those of you that don't know her, Courtney, who are you? Give me your elevator pitch. Oh, who am I? So I am the fancy lady cowgirl. Um, I like to tell people that I was a cowgirl. I am a cowgirl turned television host. I worked in TV exclusively for over a decade um, from market to market, network to network, and then sort of fell back into the the cowgirl way of life and and that rural and ag life that I love so much. So I'm combining the two. That was a long elevator pitch, but that's kind of who I am. I'm I'm a cowgirl at heart, but I also dabble in TV, a little public speaking, and now executive producing and hosting and all the things along with you, my partner, uh, a TV show. She's just a renaissance woman, cowgirl, basically. She does all the things. I love it. Now, Courtney and I, we met, oh, how many years has it been now? Three? Three, four? Three or four, yeah. Three or four years ago, we both served as marketing ambassadors for the National Cattlemen's Beef Association Convention. And the year that we were marketing ambassadors, we both brought our moms as our date. And I think our moms hit it off first, I'd say. Courtney, would you agree? Yes, they had a lot of fun. We were sort of forced to be friends. It's like when you're a little kid and you have to hang out with your parents' friends' kids because that's just how life works. Only we were, you know, 30 years old and forced to hang out. But it worked out in our favor, I would say. It really, it really, really did. We became fast friends. And I I love how Courtney is this cowgirl turned television host, speaker, all the things. And I feel like I am similar in that I grew up as a cowgirl as well. And I'm now a coach, a speaker, a podcaster, and all the things. And while but neither of us do ranching stuff in the day-to-day, our hearts are very much still a part of agriculture. And I think both of us have tried to find ways in our careers to kind of weave that together, which is kind of where this back road cowgirls 
idea came from. So I want to take you guys back to the very beginning of the Backroad Cowgirls vision, which really doesn't take us back all that far. I was speaking at a conference in Kansas and I had a seven hour layover in Dallas. Now, God bless Courtney Dehoff because she saved me from the baggage claim where I was going to post up and maybe ride away for seven hours. And she took me out to lunch in Dallas and we sat and had pasta and wine. And isn't that how all good ideas begin? Pasta and wine, Courtney? There's always either one or one or the other or both involved. I feel like all great all great business plans happen over over a, a good glass of wine. And this is the thing. We didn't intend to come up with any new grand business plans. This was all very organic. What I remember, Courtney, is honestly, we were both kind of talking about how in our businesses, we were trying to figure out what we were going to do next. We were, you know, I feel like we were both kind of in a phase where we were lacking some inspiration, getting a little bit burnt out. And I was telling Courtney about how I had this dream. And I know I've shared it on here before, but I had this dream of having one, like another really big adventure. And in my mind, it was going to be van life. I wanted to buy a van and travel across the country to speaking gigs and have my husband come with me. And when I pitched that idea to my husband, Brent, that diva loves his long, hot shower so much that he poo-pooed the idea almost instantly. But when I was talking to Courtney about this, Courtney was like, man, I would love to do van life. That would be so much fun. And we were both sharing about how we independently had these dreams of like, man, it'd be so cool to have a TV show, you know, like a fancy lady cowgirl TV show. I was always really inspired by Queer Eye, kind of like this life coaching, like give these people these life makeovers, but finding a way to blend it with agriculture. And I looked at Courtney and I was like, wait, wait, wait a second. What if we just did it? What if we just made our own show? Courtney, what do you remember from that lunch? Yeah, I think, you know, you were sort of – expressing your dreams about van life. We both love to travel. And we were sort of talking about how we both want to travel the world and where we want to go next. And and then I feel like you kind of cued it up like, Courtney, what, you know, what is your dream? Like, what is the ultimate dream? And and I said, I've always wanted to, to have a show, you know, whether I host it or executive produce it, but I just want to tell the stories of, of like the people in agriculture from all walks of life, like the people in agriculture who live in New York City and Los Angeles, but also the people like our families who are fourth, fifth, sixth generation who live in, you know, remote rural areas. And, and I just, um, I said, man, I just think that would be so cool. And to be honest, that's been a dream for a really long time, but I've never I never had the courage to sort of just go out and, and do it on my own and like make it happen. But literally all it took was another like powerhouse wo woman like you to be like, all right, hell yeah, like, let's do it. I'll go with you. Sometimes that's all, that's what you need, right? Like sometimes the dreams are just scary enough, but if you find an ally who's like, I support you, you can do this, I've got your back. Or even better, if you find an ally who's like, oh girl, this is a great idea and I'm coming with you, you know, it just makes it, it makes it that much more possible. And we sort of like sat there and when you think about dreams, like, you know, the big, the scary, the wild, I guess, you know, again, we were chatting about this, I think imposter syndrome, I don't see it, but people come to me and I know they come to you and say, how did you do it? How did you create the Coach Kai empire? How did you create Fancy Lady Cowgirl? And, you know, the advice that I always give them, and I sort of feel silly when I give people this advice. I'm like, how do you do it? How do you like, how do you do make the dream happen? You just do it. Yes. And it's the silliest, it's the silliest piece of advice, but sitting at that table was a perfect example. We looked at each other and we're like, all right, let's do it. And we literally, the next day, like you flew home that afternoon and the next day we were, we, we literally hit the ground running. And you have to tell the story about when you sort of <laughs> told Brent our grand plan and the timeline and sort of what his reaction was, because I think- Oh it's my bad. gosh. Okay. So confession, we, okay. So we have this, I leave that seven hour layover on fire, like so excited. You know, we sat down at lunch and I was feeling like a little bit uninspired. And by the time that I left, I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to be freaking amazing and phenomenal. And I was riding that high the whole way home. But when I got home that night, my husband in our relationship, if you guys haven't picked up on this, I'm the dreamer and he's the realist. So he kind of, he helps keep me grounded. Thank heavens. Cause if not, I'd probably fly away. But that night I came home just so excited, but I was like, you know what? No, I'm going to, I'm going to simmer on this myself 
for one night. I'm not going to I'm not going to lay this fat dream on him immediately after being gone for a week. I'm going to I'm going to sit on this for the evening and tomorrow morning I'm going to come at it and tell him about the idea. Cuz I'll I'll be honest with you, I was afraid he was going to say that's a dumb idea, you don't have time, you shouldn't do it. Would that have stopped me? Maybe not, but I didn't want him to say that. So I tell Brent this idea and he pauses and he looks at me and <laughs> the first words that come out of his mouth were, "Huh. There's worse things on TV." And I was like, oh my gosh. I'm like, that is actually the best response I could have hoped for. I texted Courtney and Courtney's response was, that's it. That's One, the tagline. Yeah. Oh yeah. That I did say that. I said, that is our new, um, that is our show tagline. And honestly, that's all the permission we needed. Honestly. Well, there, I've seen worse things. I'm like, hell yeah, let's go. We got this. Absolutely. Because this is the thing. And I think this is a beautiful example of this. You mentioned earlier about, you know, how did you create the dream? You just went for it. We wait until we feel like we're ready or qualified enough. But the truth is, is there are people out there who are less qualified than you doing the thing that you want to do simply because they showed up and did it. And thinking about the crap that's on TV, why is that crap on TV? Because they made it and they went for it. That's the only yeah. reason that it's there. And it was kind of like that reminder to us of like, okay, wait, we can be there too. And it made me think too, my business coach, Bevan, she's was a previous guest on the podcast as well. She always talks about how when you get really solid in your dreams personally, yourself first, before you speak them out loud, when you're ready to share your dreams out loud, instead of asking other people for permission, ask for their support. And I think that's what Courtney and I did. We're like, you know what? We're going to do this. Hopefully, we'll have other people that believe in this mission and this, this vision too. We're going to do it. We're going to give ourselves permission and we're going to see who wants to support us along the way. Now, I told Brent the idea. He said, there's worse things on TV. And I'm like, okay, great. Well, um, I think we're looking at our calendars about maybe doing this like end of April, early May. He's like, great, 2023, that seems nice. And I'm like, no, no, no. I mean, I mean this spring. He's like, like next you, month. You mean next month? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. He's like, there's no way you can pull that off. But I was like, no, this is the sweet spot. Courtney and I both, like our summers get really crazy. And I think, I don't know if you agree, Courtney, but I think if we would have waited till next spring, that excitement and that spark would have probably dissipated. Life would have gotten too busy. We would have tabled the dream and who knows what would have happened, if anything. Oh, 100%. And I think back to your point of, you know, there are people who are less qualified who are doing the things that you want to do. And I think the number one thing that, that crushes dreams or kills them or really prohibits them from ever forming and, and taking shape is that whole waiting till you're ready. Because here's the mm -hmm. thing, you're never going to be ready. Mm -hmm. You're never going to be ready. You're never going to be ready. You're never going to feel qualified enough. And sitting around waiting to, to get to that moment, 50 people are going to pass you by doing what you've dreamt of doing. And um, I think that, yeah, I think that's what's so cool about Backroad Cowgirls. We were just like, all right, yeehaw, here we go. How are we going to fund it? Don't know. What kind of vehicle are we going to drive? Don't know. Where are we going to go? Don't know. What kind of stories are we going to tell? Well, we kind of know. And that was it. That's how this grand, you know, adventure sort of began. And I, the stories, you know, the, the stories that we've put together already are so good. And I'm so excited for people to see them. And, you know, it's, it's just something that we're passionate about too. I think when you find projects or you find, you know, dreams that you're really passionate about, like, we're not going to lie. It was a ton of work like hours and hours and hours and, and just leading up to the trip, getting back and starting to, to piece together the content hours and hours and hours of work. But we're both so passionate about these people and the stories that we're telling and the lifestyle that we're preserving by telling these stories that, you know, it, it makes it worth it. Um, I don't know where I was going with that, but anyway, that, that's my like two cents there. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And I think what's cool about it is Courtney and I both decided early on, if you could see our Google doc, which is just, it's like a whole brain dump. It gives me anxiety. Looking <laughs> yeah. At Courtney it. made it's a new one because it was stressing her out. I'm like, this is my stream of consciousness. Um, oh. but at the top of it, one of our number one rules for ourselves were to have a hell of a time, to have a really good time. And we both also decided at the beginning of this, we said, if nothing comes of this, we're still going to feel really proud and grateful that we did this two-week-long road trip in California with one of our best friends telling these stories of agriculture. And if you are so passionate about something that it doesn't matter if it doesn't take you anywhere, if it doesn't make you any money, if it doesn't impress other people, but you just love it so much, ugh, lean into that. You literally have nothing to lose. And it was one of those things where I was 
I thought to myself, you know, I think that I'm going to, someone once said, my friend Jess Ekstrom, also a previous guest on the podcast, she said, failure will always feel better than regret. And so the option was either do it, not feeling fully prepared and ready. And like, maybe it would be terrible and, you know, quote unquote failing or not doing it and wondering in the future, what would have happened if we would have just gone for it? You know, failure will always feel better than regret. And I feel that deep in my bones. And for me, that was enough to say like, let's just go for it. And to me, you know, the older I get and the more life experience I have, I think failure is so admirable because the people who are failing are the people who are trying, right? Mm-hmm. And, and those quote unquote failures mean that you were brave enough to go after something. And sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't. But I, yeah, I think, you know, I think failure is, is an admirable quality, you know, to see in people to a certain extent, because it just means that you're not complacent. You're not letting life happen to you. You're going out and chasing the life you want. Totally. And it's, it's like such a reminder to, to know that the people that you look up to, the people you admire, the people that are doing those incredible things that you want to do, the mountain they're standing on that looks like success is actually just a mountain of failures that they learned and grew, and grew through. And so, you know, I say all the time, fail your way forward. That's the only way to get through is to do things that scare you, crash and burn, dust yourself up and keep going. And this was our first time shooting a show. You know, thankfully, Courtney has some really incredible experience in the TV world. And so obviously that was super helpful going into this. But I guess before we jump into the actual trip itself, and I think we've already touched on it a little bit, but the vision and the mission behind this was having both grew up, grew up in agriculture, um, but also neither of us still participating in the day-to-day life of raising or growing food. We really wanted to showcase agriculture in a different light. It was less about like, oh, this is how your food is grown. And it was more about, hey, these are the people behind agriculture. These are their stories. This is what they look like. Because at the end of the day, we always talk about how, and, and Courtney, you say this all the time, people connect with people. And we really wanted the show to be about the people behind agriculture because we we live in a society, let's face it, especially at this time in our lives, the world is more divided than ever. It's so divided, so black and white. It's so us versus them. And I think our goal with these stories was to really show that we're all so much more alike than we are different while showcasing that within people of agriculture. Yeah, for sure. You know, I I was taught, um, I had some really great executive producers and mentors very early on in my career. And they themselves taught me the the true art of storytelling. And when I was, I don't know how old I was, I I think I was 21, maybe um, the executive producer of the TV station I was working at sent me to, it was called the News Press Photographers. It's, It's an organization that still exists, but the News Press Photographers like workshop conference. And um, I don't know if I've ever talked about this, but I, I went to this and I I was there with, you know, all these like heavyweight, like news journalists. And like, I was working for a little magazine show, like I was still in college. And at this conference, every person got paired up with like a, a different mentor. And I'll never forget, he has since passed away, but the, the mentor that I ended up with was a man named Daryl Barton. Nobody wanted to get partnered up with Daryl Barton because he was a hard ass. He was an Emmy award-winning photographer. He went on, he was Dan Rather's right-hand man. I mean, he was the photojournalist in every war, in every natural disaster. I mean, doing hard-hitting stuff with people like Dan Rather. And I just remember thinking, oh my gosh, like this guy. And he was notorious for ripping students' work apart. But I learned so much from this guy in three days. And, and one of the things that he really taught and really leaned in on was the emotion, the human side, whether you're covering a war or a natural disaster or something horrific like a murder, or it's a lifestyle piece, more of a human interest piece. You have to allow the viewer to form that human connection. And I think sometimes with agriculture, we miss the boat a little bit there because Mm -hmm. we're so busy sort of being defensive. And in that defensiveness, we're shoving facts and figures and data and, you know, research and science. And we've done it this way for this many years. And, you know, sometimes we forget to allow them in 
and when I say them, I mean mainstream audiences, we, we sort of forget to allow them in and show them our human side. Totally. And I think that, that was something that you and I were both very much on the same page about is Backroad Cowgirls going to be educational? Are people going to learn, you know, are they going to learn a little bit about how grapes, how wine is made? Are they going to learn a little bit about a feedlot? And yes, but what we're really doing them is just introducing them to the people, you know, and, and saying, come on in, like come into the operation and let us introduce you to the people. Because at the end of the day, that's where those real connections are formed. And I think you know, if agriculture, if, if the mainstream news, you know, media in general would focus more on forming human connections with, with people, I think we'd be in a whole, a whole different situation than the world's in currently. Um, and I think we did a really good job of it. You know, I, I look back at the stories and we, we introduced, we're going to introduce some really cool people with really diverse backgrounds too. And I think that's the other thing you and I were really focused on Agriculture is not just a 65-year-old white man in a cowboy hat or a ball cap on a tractor. You know, mm-hmm. there's so many different faces of agriculture. And, and by showing all those different faces, we were, sh- we were allowing mainstream audiences to see a little bit of themselves in all of these different stories. Totally. Gosh. And we decided for this first season – we we have big bold visions for backroad cowgirls. You know, we see backroad cowgirls taking on honestly the world. <laughs> We'd love to go to every state. We'd love to go to, you know, across the pond, travel the world with backroad cowgirls. But for this first season, we decided, okay, I live in California. California is the number one agriculture state. We've got a lot of great connections for this pilot season. Let's start there. Let's start with the number one agriculture state. And we call this a pilot season. Season one is our pilot season. And what's so funny about it is most pilots are one episode. Y'all, our pilot season is 13 episodes. We were um, a little ambitious, I'd say. Um, and thankfully, gosh, if it was as many stops as I originally had planned, because oh, I tend to be a little overly optimistic in general, um, it would have been probably like 37 episodes. <laughs> Courtney had to really talk some sense into me, which is why we balance each other out so well, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. And here's the thing. 30 episodes, 37 episodes would have been fine, except I knew I had to come back and edit it all. And I was like, absolutely not. And, you know, yeah, I think we're, I think we're a perfect balance. And um, I really didn't have to like rein you in too much. I think there was one day where you were like talking stop number three, stop number four. I was like, absolutely not. I was like, I've been in the business long enough to know that four, four shoots in a day is too much. Mm-hmm. But I think we, I think we did a nice job. We got a good balance. Um I think I have about half of them maybe edited and, you know, that was an undertaking, but we're getting it. We're doing it. We're doing it, man. And we traveled over, I think it was like 1,500 miles. We visited, I don't even remember, I don't know how many people, but over 15 different families. And it was so funny because on the first day, we stopped at three, four different locations and we got back that night. I'm like, okay, well, it officially is the first day and I feel like we've been on the road for two weeks, but we, we were, were on the so road. Tired. Courtney had, was away from her home in Dallas for 16 days, like a two week long road trip, starting here on the central coast of California, going through the central Valley up North. And we just, I mean, we didn't even scratch the surface of California agriculture. I think what was so cool to me when we first started telling people like, hey, we're doing this road trip. We're planning out the stops right now. The outpouring of support and excitement that our combined communities shared about this project was overwhelming. It was absolutely incredible. And this this project, this pilot season was 100% funded by the donations of individuals that believed in this mission and small businesses that wanted to be a part of it. And it took, like, that's a lot to trust these two women who have never done this before, Mm -hmm. creating this entirely new project to say, you know what, I'm going to put my money here because I believe in this mission and I believe in their ability to make it happen. And gosh, it's just, it's so, I'm so grateful and so humbled that so many people believed in this as much as we did to really make this first season possible because it would have been, I don't know if we would have been able to do it had it not been for that support. Yeah, no, it would have, it would have been a stretch for sure. It would have been stressful, um, you know, to the point that 
I feel like maybe the content, you know, would have suffered just because we would have, I don't know. I know my personality and my personality would have been like, oh my God, like I'm going to go broke trying to produce this show, you know, and it just, yeah, it was incredible. I mean, people really stepped up and just went out of the way for us. And, and I hope that, you know, someday, someday when, when we're on Netflix, you'll say, you know, I was, I was in on, on the ground floor of that. And it could be something that we're all proud of. Oh, absolutely. Speaking of big dreams. Yes. We have bold dreams for this one day. We'd love to see this on a mainstream streaming platform, like a Netflix or a Hulu or a Magnolia network or somewhere where we can really connect with individuals outside of agriculture. And I'm so curious to know what that will look like in the future. I truly believe that if you change your habits, you can change your life. Our life is the result of the habits that we practice daily. Improving your life isn't about making some scary, drastic change overnight. It's about meeting yourself where you're at and making small changes over time that you can actually stick with. But you've got to start small to stay consistent, which is why I put together a free healthy habits checklist to help you do just that. Download my free PDF to set your intentions for what small, healthy habits you are going to start practicing today. There's a place for you to check them off the list and celebrate every single baby step along the way. You can download yours for free at coachkayacommunity.com forward slash healthy dash habits, or you can click the link below. Again, that's coachkayacommunity.com forward slash healthy dash habits, or click the link in the show notes to download yours today for free. Start changing your life, friend, one healthy habit at a time. For those of you that followed along on social media, you got to meet our noble steed for this season one. And man was our noble steed, Moby the van. He is a, what is he? A 2002 Euro van that we rented from a friend that I hadn't seen since college. And she believed in this project, which is why she's like, you know what? Yes. Like here take my van for two weeks. I trust you. She let me have my dad put this custom mount on the front that had steer horns on it. It was a whole vibe. Poor Richard's Press, huge shout out to them. They came on as our brand the van sponsor. They um, sponsored all of the graphics. We had magnets slapped on every single piece of this van, window graphics. So he was definitely turning heads up and down the, the freeways here in California. And it was the three of us, three girls. So Courtney and I were leading the charge on this. And I want to say it was like maybe a week and a half or two weeks before the road trip started. I got a message from one of my friends who is Shelby Caitlin, and she is a local photographer here on the Central Coast. And she said, hey, you know, I know this is a long shot, but do you all happen to have a photographer for your trip? And I said, well, no, we don't, but we also don't really have a budget for anything for this trip. So that's why we, we haven't hired anyone. And she said, you know, I just want to be a part of this and I'd love to come on and shoot this regardless of what budget there is or isn't. And so we had a third cowgirl, a third backroad cowgirl join us for the adventure. And it was the greatest blessing for this project. It would have been a totally different product had we not had wow. Shelby's incredible eye, incredible talent to really come on this, this show with us. And we told her like, you're locked in now. You're the official backroad cowgirls photographer forever. <laughs> Yep. You can never get away from us. Yeah, no, Shelby, Shelby was amazing. I mean, the photos were incredible. And then she really took initiative from multiple different standpoints. She put herself out there. She reached out and she said that she told us later she was nervous even doing that. And then not only did she do that, but I remember like day two or something, she was like, so I did like a, I don't shoot video, but I did like a quick tutorial. And I've, I've had some calls with my friends. Like, you know, do you, if you want me to shoot anything, I will. And and that was one of the challenges that we sort of had just accepted, I guess, for season one. We want this to be sort of a host-driven court and Kaya because we think we have good chemistry. We know we have good chemistry. We don't think. Hello. We totally um, but I was behind the camera. I was behind the camera the whole time. So like I was never going to have, have the opportunity to interact and, and be in front of the camera. And Shelby's like, I think I can do it. And I was like, okay. And you know, I kind of the very first shot, I think I helped her frame. And then other than that, just like turned her loose. And she shot some intros for us that really are awesome. And and she just really stepped up. She really stepped up to the plate. And she definitely 
made it a whole different product. And we're so thankful to her. Absolutely. If you go to backroadcowgirls.com, I'm pretty sure every single picture on that page was taken by Shelby. So you guys can just see the incredible, just the character she was really able to capture in those photos is Mm -hmm. phenomenal. And we're so, so grateful to have her as part of the team. Um, I'm curious, Courtney, I'd love to hear from season one, what was one of the highlights that stood out to Mm. you? Mm, gosh, there were so many, you know, and I think it says a lot that you can be on the road with somebody with two people for 16 days. There was never a fight. There was never a, I'm getting out of the van. I hate you all. You know, like, <laughs> I mean, it was a lot of like time together and it was, you know, it was, it was fun, but from a working standpoint, you know, intense, like, I mean, we're driving, we're shooting when we're not driving, shooting or sleeping. We're trying to edit stuff to get out on social media and, and, and all of that. And, you know, I think, gosh, the highlight for me was just getting to meet so many incredible people mm-hmm. um, and, and just to hear their stories and hear about where they came from and, and how they got to where they are and the huge challenges that some of them have had to overcome. And, you know, everyone everyone has a story. And I think that's Mm -hmm. what I love the most. Like it's so fascinating. And I love getting to sort of, you know, pull that out of people and and credit to you because, you know, you did all of the interviews. I was behind the camera and so Kaya did all of the interviews and you did a great job of, you know, getting, getting the real stories out of people. And so, I don't know. I think that was my highlight. Just Mm -hmm. every, everything, everything was a highlight. I don't know. Do you have a specific, can you, can you think of a specific? Yeah, no, it's such a good question. It's, you know, I feel like there's so many different moments and some that I just, I look back at pictures and they like bring, there. so much happened in two weeks. I feel like we filled a year of adventure in two weeks. It's, yeah. it's almost hard to remember all of it. Um, you know, I think, I guess before I share some of the highlights, I'll share one of the challenges that I personally struggled with on the road trip. And I think for me, it was, you know, there was all this planning beforehand and you know, I had a lot of contacts in California, which was obviously super helpful in getting things organized. But I think when we were on the road trip, something I personally was struggling with, and I actually talked with um, one of our stops, Ashley Machado, who also happens to be a life coach. So while I was drinking my coffee, I'm like, coach me up, Ashley. I really struggled on the road trip with feeling like I wasn't able to pull my weight because like, to your point, you were the shooter, right? You're the one that's doing all the filming. Shelby's one doing all of the photography. And when we get home at night, there's all of this footage that you guys have to dump. And I wasn't taking photos. I wasn't shooting the content. And so I would get back to the to the room or to the hotel and be like, um, I don't know how to be helpful right now. And I don't want them to think that I'm, you know, like the the funky cog in the wheel that isn't pulling her weight. And I feel like I really was struggling with that on the road trip, feeling like I wasn't adding value to the trip because I just saw how exhausting it was for both of you. And I just thought, you know, what do, what can I do to help here? One morning I was like, I'll go get us coffee. Like, is that helpful? And it was a savior. You were a savior. I'm like, I'll be the intern that gets coffee. So that was a hard thing for me. And what I'm realizing now, you know, obviously Courtney has been like spending so many hours editing these pieces together. And again, something where I'm like, shit, I can't help with that. But I think now is where my... I can really jump in with getting the website landing pages together, helping get all the stuff that Courtney's editing scheduled out on social media and YouTube. And I think really learning how to be confident in, I guess, being confident in what I can bring to the table. I didn't, I underestimated what, what I would feel like on the road trip, if that makes sense. Yeah, no. And, and I get that. And I totally, I can, I can see where you're coming from, but I also, I pull up the website my God, I tried to update a paragraph on CourtneyDHoff.com the other day and had it so messed up that I had to call a professional <laughs> to come and help. I mean, you are so talented at building, you, you build our entire website, you know, the, from a, from graphics to the text to just the layout, like, I can't do it. I can edit a hell of a video, but you put me on a website and you're like, here, add a page. Well, four hours later, when Courtney gets done Googling, how do you add a page to a web? You know, I think (laughs) we each, you know, we each brought something unique to the Mm -hmm. table and, you know, and don't discredit yourself either because on the trip, 
I am a type A crazy. And you know, I like control, especially from, from the video and storytelling standpoint, just because it's what I've done my whole life, you know, and don't discredit yourself because interviewing people and, and doing it the way you did it is not normal. And it's so funny. Um, I can't remember what our first, what was our first, I don't know what our first story was. I guess the first day when like, there was like 10 stories or whatever, but I literally remember like, get my camera ready. And I'm like a little nervous too, because I, ha- I, you know, I'm more in front of the camera at this point in my career. I haven't been behind the camera in a while. So I'm nervous. And I remember, and I'll tell you this now, I remember thinking, I was like, okay, here we go. And I was like, if she screws this up, I'm going to have to tell her that it's, she's not allowed to do interview. You know, like there was just a part of me that was like, I don't even know if she knows how to do this. Like, I guess we'll find it. And you just, my God, it was beautiful and perfect. And you knew, you know, there's an art in knowing when to pause, knowing when to nod your head and encourage someone, knowing when to cut in because it's not, you know, oh, they're so nervous. Like, let me step in and do it with you. I mean, you were, you were really good at that. And I've worked with a lot of people in TV throughout my career and not everybody's real great at that. So I just want to give you a little pep talk. Well, thank you. You definitely, you definitely um, played your roles. I appreciate that. I do think that the three of us really played off of each other really, really well. So someone asked us while we were on our road trip about if we were rock, paper, scissors, who'd be the rock, who'd be the paper, who'd be the scissors. We decided that Shelby was the rock because Shelby's personality is kind of a a blend of both Courtney and I, where Courtney's very type A, really loves control, like structure. And I'm kind of like type XYZ. I don't know, just like blowing in the wind, doing my thing, almost always in a good mood. And we're just, we're both, if, if you guys know Enneagrams, Courtney and I are both type three achievers, but a very different flavor. <laughs> we're very different yeah. flavors. Yeah. And Shelby, I feel like was a good, like central person. Shelby's like a helper. She's always there. Anything you need, like she was our rock for sure. I was the paper because I'm kind of just like blown in the wind, like doing my thing, just easy going. And Courtney was the scissors because we decided that if anybody crosses any of us, she will cut you. Oh, gosh. It, and it's so funny because it's not funny that I cut people. I don't cut people <laughs> all, a lot, but occasionally. But if you need to be cut, um, no. It, yeah, it's so funny that I, we do have very different personalities. Um, and, you know, I think that like, Part of it's genetic with me that like shrewd to the point, like let's go. But it also comes from being in the television industry, right? Like it is a, it's a seconds matter, like get stuff done, get it done on time. This is how we're going to do it. If you don't like it, then get out. We'll find somebody new, you know? And so it's so funny because now that I've sort of left that world and I'm working on my own every now and then my mom has to remind me, she's like, remember. The rest of the world does not operate on Courtney's timeline. I'm like, well, I don't know what the hell's holding them back because I got things to do. But it, it is, you know, what I love about you, though, you like bring me down. Like you're like, you know, you, I will attest people. It doesn't matter how tired, how hungry, how whatever. Kaya is always in this mood. I literally <laughs> never, I mean, 16 days, like you see some stuff, right? Always this person, like this is her in real life, which fascinates me because I am not that way. Um, <laughs> always in a good, which, you know, your like spirits and good mood, like kept everybody, I think like in a good mood. So again, back to like, you felt like you didn't, you know, contribute as much as, as you wanted on the trip or whatever, like just keeping the spirits up was like a huge, huge thing. Um, but what I love about you is you have this like much more relaxed personality than me. You still get stuff done. And that's what I like you know, we, we make the plan, we execute the plan, you're answering emails, you're building this, you're doing this, like you get stuff done, but you're way like more calm. Like you will live longer than I will. Like Like, you're the perfect combination. I feel like I have to, I have to laugh because your mom before our road trip was like messaging me on Instagram being like, listen, I just need you to know that. (laughs) Did she warn you? Yeah. She basically warned me. Well, like she'd warned you like, okay, remember Courtney, not everybody operates like this, but she was like, listen, if you need to rein Courtney in or like, (laughs) which I just think is so funny. I also mentioned, I'm like one for one season in the future, I think we should bring our moms on the road trip. That could be 
oh my gosh, a whole entirely new show. Like, yes, so funny. But um, no, I think I think our personalities really are a good blend because I am a very go with the flow person, like happy go lucky all the time. You guys should have seen me trying to convince Courtney and Shelby to go out to a drag show with me in San Francisco. I guess it, the problem was I had two espresso martinis at dinner and they did oh not. We were my. on different levels. <laughs> It wasn't that we weren't in on the drag show. Honey, I love a good drag show. This was day 496 of this trip. And I literally, we sat down at dinner or whatever. I think that was the first time we'd sat down in three weeks is what it felt like. And Kaya was raring to go, y'all. And I was like, (laughs) if I don't get into my bed in the next hour, this whole trip's over. That was the one time you probably saw me pout. I definitely pouted. See, you know something's wrong with Kaya if I just go silent. Like, I think Courtney even asked me that night. She's like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. I just would like to have gone to a drag show, but whatever. <laughs> you pouted about but that's it. What I, but that's what I appreciate, like, about your your pouting is not – is, like, a silent, but then it's not a – what's wrong? Nothing. You're like, well, I'll tell you what's wrong. I wanted to go to a drag – and I was like, I appreciate the openness. Well, sorry about you, bitch, because I am tired. I got to go to bed. Like, I, that's what I appreciate about you. I, I remember it being at the hotel and sort of, like, laughing to myself. I was like, oh, my God. You're like – you're like giving us a silent treatment, but you're not. Yeah. And I was like, I love this. I love this for us. <laughs> oh my gosh. I will say too, this was, I can't remember if it was the day of or the day after. Nobi, our mobile steed, was such a champ for almost day the of. entire trip. But that day, the same day I tried to convince them after two espresso martinis that we should go to a drag show in San Francisco, that um, Moby died on the side of the freeway in Oakland, California, which by the way has the highest crime rate of any city in the state of California. Thankfully, it was a little bit out of town. So there we are on the side of the freeway in the heat for two hours waiting on this tow truck. (laughs) Thank heavens we had lots of snacks. It, it It was an adventure. I think it was that same day. All of this goes down We'd already done two shoots that day. I'm trying to justify this. Our van dies. (laughs) Like we've been on the road forever. And, and, you know, don't feel bad because you were not the only person that I verbally violated that night because I would like to make a public apology to the finance bro at the bar who (laughs) tried to come over and make a move. And looking back, I might have been a little – I just – I, I just wasn't into it. And I just spun my little bar tool tool right around and – Took oh, the drink he gave us and left him with Shelby. <laughs> you guys, you should have you should have been there. This was probably one of this was not even this is one of the highlights of the um, backroad cowgirls um, for me because I also want you to picture this. So we we literally are broken down the side of the road. I make oh by the way the story we did that morning was the San Francisco flower market and I thought it was a great idea to not just take the free bundle of flowers I got from Sweet Charlie Chang for my mother but I thought it'd be a great idea to also buy a whole another bundle of flowers for my grandma for Mother's Day. I got hustled y'all by this woman at the flower market. Eighty five dollars later, I have a garden in my lap. So we get picked up by an Uber driver from the auto body shop and. I legitimately have a like an entire <laughs> lap full of flowers, like a garden. And I can't remember his name, but he offered his Afghan food from the back seat or the trunk of his car. <laughs> yeah. And he, I don't know what he thought of us, but I think he had a good time. He was laughing. He, he was didn't laughing. Look scared. He seemed entertained. No. But we get back to the hotel. I decide that I'm like, you know what? Background cowgirls take on San Francisco. I decided to go full sassy cowgirl. I wore my straw cowboy hat out to San Francisco out in San Francisco. I got complimented seven times on my costume from people. I'm like, thank you very much. Tip of the cap to you. And we go to the bar afterwards. I couldn't convince them to go to the drag show, but I convinced them to go to the bar down the block. And I'm walking and I'm like, all right, this is where we're going to find Courtney, a husband. She is single, ready to mingle. I am two espresso martinis in. I am ready to be the wing woman. And I make best friends with, oh, what was his name? Jorge from from Peru. We became best friends at the bar. Did I get us free tequila shots that the girls didn't want, but I did? Absolutely. And I told Jorge, I said, Jorge, listen, I'm married, but she's single. I'm like, is this cowboy hat helping us or hurting us? (laughs) Because people are looking, but I don't know if it's in a good way. And I shit you not, two minutes later, we get a round of shooters from um, old Mr. Finance guy that Courtney wanted nothing to do with. (laughs) Here's the thing. He was cu- he was the cutest of the bunch. A little douchey. 
And then he came over and you know how it goes sometimes life be like this. He came over looking the part, we got free drinks out of it. And then he opened his mouth and I was just at the point in the night where I was like, yeah, that's a no for me. I don't think that came out of my mouth verbally. It came out of her face very clearly. (laughs) And poor sweet Shelby. She tra- then she has to like she feels obligated to, him, to entertain him, now. him. I'm like, oh my god! I think the the kicker for me, I was like, okay, like I maybe I'll entertain this because he gave us free drinks. I asked if he had a surfboard, and he said no. And I was like, see you later. She just literally swiveled her chair around <laughs> and like the definition of a cold shoulder, the coldest, iciest shoulder you've ever seen. It was so funny. But I'm like, I love going out to bars with single friends because I don't get free drinks anymore because I have a wedding ring on. Um, We had a lot of free drinks that night. We did. Mm -hmm. I was grateful for it. I was ready. I'm like, drag show? Anybody? Yeah, you were ready to party. I think one of the other highlights of my trip, besides obviously all the incredible stories too, was we were in Windsor up in wine country. And we had just left a coffee shop and my friend KJ, who you guys are going to get to meet on the, on the trip was driving us. And we had a beautiful conversation with him. But as we're parked at a stoplight in the middle of the road, we look up and there's a woman knocking on the window and Courtney and Shelby are sitting in the back seat and you cannot see very well from back there. So they assume that Kenny has just hit a pedestrian with our vehicle. That's what it sounded like. She was like knock banging on the like window. Like banging on the window. And so Ken- KJ rolls his window down and I'm in the middle of filming an Instagram story. So this is all on video, which is my favorite part. And she's like, oh my gosh, it's me. It's Heidi from Instagram. And this woman has followed both Courtney and I, been following along on prepping for the road trip. And she sees our van in the middle of traffic and she runs into traffic to stop us. And so we pull back in the parking lot and took a picture with her. And that just like it just made my day. I yeah. loved it so much. No, it was so cool. And she was so excited. Like I, you know, I think sometimes we forget and like even Kaya at, at National Cattlemen's, like it sort of became the joke because people would come up and ask to take a picture with you or take a picture with me. And then like our moms are like snickering and Brent's like snickering and your dad's like giggling. They're like, <laughs> why do they want to, I think we forget you know, that people are watching and, and people are loving what we're doing and they are inspired by us. I mean, I don't want to speak for you, but I I still, when people are like, Courtney, can we get a picture? I'm like, why? <laughs> like, yeah, I'm, I'm honored and I'm mm-hmm. always happy to do it. But I think, you know, it just, yeah, Heidi, like, and it, it was fun because I think she was like the first person that like recognized us. Yeah. Um, you know, like in the whole state of California, which I think is amazing. Yeah. No, it was cool. It, it definitely always catches me off guard still when that happens to me. And same, I'm always happy to take a picture. I also would prefer people to go ahead and say hello because I've gotten messages afterwards where they're like, hey, like I was the waiter at your restaurant, but I didn't want to like interrupt you. And I'm like, I feel like it's creepier. Like tell me yeah. if you know me, like say hello. I, I love strangers. Ask Courtney, probably love strangers more than she cared for me to love strangers. You do love a good stranger. And, and, and to that point too, like, and I know you've had this experience, I'll be, especially like Western ag events, like when I'm just like out in Dallas, not so much, but I'll see the, I'll see the, like there, I can tell they're staring. Yeah. But in my mind, I'm going, should I go up and say something? But then I'm like, oh my God, they probably, they don't, what if they don't, if I walk, I'm like, do you want a picture? They'll be like, who the hell are you? <laughs> like, no, I don't want a picture with a strange woman. Like that's what's going through my mind. So if you yeah. were ever like giving me the eye and I'm giving you the eye, but I don't say anything, it's because I'm like. I don't, I don't want to be that person. That's like, oh, would you like an, would you like an autograph? I would love <laughs> They're to like, witness no, that man. happen. I would love to witness that happen. Oh my gosh. Oh how my embarrassing would that be? Oh my I'm goodness. sure it's going to happen to one of us eventually. Oh my gosh. Too funny. Um, I will say too, Courtney mentioned the surfboard thing earlier. So we're on the road. Courtney's flying out the next morning, which by the way, was also my one year anniversary. Courtney got to be the third wheel <laughs> on our date when we came home, which was going yard sailing. Um, quite the adventure. But Courtney and I, as we're driving back down to the ranch, Courtney was talking about how she was, she'd was she been obsessed with finding a green surfboard, which she's still on the hunt for if anybody wants to yeah. send her one. And I was like, you know, I grew up in California, but I've never been surfing. Like, what do you think about doing, like taking a freaking surf lesson before you fly back? And we're like, is that a dumb idea? Is that a brilliant idea? While we're on the road, 
Courtney calls this what we this Hawaiian dude thinking we're gonna get this like Hawaiian surfer instructor. We book a surf lesson here in Pismo Beach. We're so excited. We we go, we meet this guy in his van. He has a van. He opens up the back of his van and gets out the surfboard. But Courtney, tell them the punchline here about our surf instructor. I, I love this. I'm so excited for my like authentic California. And like, he looks the part. He's crusty. He's in a van. There's like sand and surfboards. He's barefoot. I'm like, yes, I love this. And we're, we tell him a little bit about us. And, you know, I think he asked about our surf experience and we're like, well, you know, not much. And I was like, well, I'm from here, but like I've never surfed. And I was like, well, I'm going to tell you what my surf experience is. I'm from Kansas. So like, if that tells you anything, he goes, oh, me too. Uh, Really? Our surf instructor my authentic California experience. And I'm being taught to surf by a man from Kansas. I don't know if y'all are like, you know, if geography is not your strong point, we are very much landlocked. There is no surfing in Kansas, but he was great. He knew what he was doing. And I think he'd actually lived in California for He has. He was basically a Californian. Yeah. It was so much fun though, y'all. I definitely surprised myself. I didn't think I'd get on the board. He also, listen, and I don't think he was just being nice, but he said that we were some of the best beginners he's ever had. Maybe he says that to everyone, but. I don't even think he used the word beginners. I think he said, you're some of the best I've ever had. He might've said we should go pro. Okay, no, he definitely didn't say that, but (laughs) you know, in in our next life. But we were really good. We got up a bunch. Um, I think Brent videoed a little bit of it. I I actually had somebody, a guy from Hawaii, I was telling about, I was telling him about our surf experience the other day and Mm -hmm. I was telling him how, underwhelmed we were when we saw the video compared to what it felt like and he said well it depends on like where your videographer was located like if he was just like out in the water like a, far away it's not gonna look great and I was like oh that was it it was our videographer it wasn't yeah, that we weren't Brent. catching let's definitely we weren't, it wasn't that we weren't catching huge waves it's that Brent just didn't get the angle obviously it's all about the angle <laughs> all about the angle <laughs> oh my gosh. You guys can't see us right now, but we're both drinking out of our Back Road Cowgirls mugs. Shout out to Poor Richard's Press again for getting us all yes, branded. Love them. Oh my gosh. Listen, we could sit here and talk to you guys about the shenanigans we got into for days and days and days. But I know what you guys are dying to know though, is how can you hear these incredible stories? This is the highlight. We could talk to you about shenanigans all day long, but the highlight are really the stories of the men and women that we captured. And Season one, episode one officially premiered June 7th. June 7th, y'all, on YouTube. So go to YouTube, make sure that you click on Backroad Cowgirls and hit subscribe. We're going to have a new episode coming out every single Tuesday, introducing you to some of the incredible faces of agriculture in California. And I would love to encourage you to go one step further. Go to backroadcowgirls.com, scroll down, and where it says join the adventure, hop on our newsletter. Once a week, we're going to email you, and it's going to be about one of these incredible stories. And we're just so excited about it. I, I'm really excited to see how people resonate with these stories because I think people are going to see themselves in these individuals in a really, really big way. We have people from all walks of life, first-generation farmers, sixth-generation ranchers, people with disabilities, just like so many incredible, inspiring stories. And oh, I can't wait for you to watch them. Yeah, they're going to be great. We do. We have a a really diverse group with really diverse backgrounds, but really one common love, and and that's mm-hmm. just the love of agriculture and its people. And and I think that's what's so cool. I think that this series is really going to highlight that you know all the different ag sectors, um, whether you're a beef person or you're a crop person, or whether you're a chef from LA with neck tattoos, or you're you know. Um, a cowgirl outside of Oakland, California, like we all sort of have that one common love that sort of brings us together and and keeps us doing what we do day after day. And yeah, I'm excited. Um, They've been really fun to edit. The stories, I think, really came together well. And and they're they're easily consumable, right? These aren't 30, 40 minute episodes. They're like six, seven, eight minutes but there's just so much like greatness packed into those to those short little episodes. So, so Courtney, now we I think people will also want to know what's next for us. Season 2. What do we have to tell them? Season 2. Well, I think it's going to happen. I oh, mean, it, I know it's, it's gonna going to happen. Season 2, we just need to decide where, when, and what are we going to do? We're just going to make it happen just like we did We're last season. We're going to make it happen. Yeah. Now, if you guys are 
if, if you guys do want to support this, you still can. If you go to backroadcowgirls.com, there's still a way for you to personally, individually support this mission. All funds will go towards the this project and creating more of these incredible stories. Season two will happen. Come hell or high water, Courtney and I are going to make it happen. And we're really excited. You know, there's been some interest for some potential partners in the future. If you're listening and and you as an individual or a company or an organization are aligned with what we're doing in this mission, reach out to us. There's a place for you to connect with us on our backroadcowgirls.com. We'd love to talk more about how we can really amplify these voices and share these stories in a way that are going to connect people from all walks of life. That's really our goal here. And um, yeah, Courtney, you can't get rid of me. We're, oh, we're stuck. We're cowgirls for life. We're stuck. And you're coming to my fancy lady cowgirl event. Okay. Before we wrap up, let's talk about this. Um, so if you guys want to get some backroad cowgirls action in person, mm-hmm. we both have some exciting things coming up. Yeah, we do. We both have exciting events. Um, October, mine's in October. 18th and 19th, and none other than my co-host, Kaya. I think I'm going to have you. I don't even know if I've told you this. I'm going to have you be my sort of opening keynote speaker. Just get the ladies inspired. But yeah, just it's open to all women from all walks of life. There's a seat at the table for everyone. And really the takeaways from my event are just, you know, we're going to inspire you. We're going to give you permission to be exactly who you are. We're going to give you permission to follow the big, crazy, wild, silly, scary dreams. But we're also going to provide powerhouse women to help you make all of this actually happen, to execute. And and it's just fun. We're going to eat some good food. We're going to have a tamale making lesson. Like, I'm so excited. Are we going to go to a drag show? You know, Let me see where the budget shakes out. And maybe I'll just hire a couple of drag queens. Would you? Oh, I'm not even going to say it out loud. Would that not be so funny? I'm like, I get on stage and I'm like, thank you for your wonderful speech, Kaya. One last thing. And it's just like full drag show. Oh, my, my mother God. would be like, die. what is happening? I, I would die. I would just I die and go to heaven queens. right there on the spot. Oh, Okay. Oh, my gosh. I can't wait, y'all. I, I'm very excited, too, because this is going to be – this is the second – Fancy Lady Cowgirl event. However, my first, because the first Fancy Lady Cowgirl event happened the weekend before my wedding, and I (laughs) almost went. I almost went, but Courtney's mom, again, voice of reason, Cindy, messages me. She's like, honey, I don't think that's a good idea for you. You know, plan your wedding. Your wedding's coming up, and we'll see you at the next one. I'm like, okay, Cindy, thank you. Okay. I just have like severe FOMO, which has actually gotten a lot better since college. My friends will tell you, Courtney, but (laughs) it's still alive and well in my heart. So- Fancy Lady Cowgirl, October 2022. Y'all be there. And I have a feeling, I have a feeling the tickets are going to sell out. They sold out really fast last time. So um, don't think about it too long because I want you guys to be there. It's going to be amazing. And coming up really soon before that, um, I'm actually hosting my very first ever women's retreat in person this summer, August 21st to the 23rd on the central coast of California here in my hometown, San Luis Obispo. It is going to be a women's wellness retreat, mind, body, soul. We're going to do fun things. There's going to be dancing. There's going to be a fun dinner party. We're going to do charcuterie boards in a barn. We're going to be able to make our own custom jewelry. We're going to hear from inspiring speakers and we're going to just find so much joy in the process. So Courtney and I have loved bringing you along the journey for Backroad Cowgirls. We're so excited to share these stories with you. We can't wait to see what comes in season two. And we also want to meet your beautiful, incredible faces in person. So join us at those events. And um, anything else before we wrap up, Court? I'm just so thankful. I'm so thankful for you. I shared a podcast yesterday uh, with Ed Milet and Lewis Howes. I love their podcast. And there was just something that really stuck out to me. And when I think about how we met at NCBA as little cattle con ambassadors, you know, one thing that Ed Milet really honed in on was you are one conversation, one meeting, one email, one serendipitous experience away from completely altering the course of your life. And you never know when it's going to come or when it's going to happen. And when I think about us meeting back at NCBA and, you know, there was a part of me that was like, I don't know, do I want to do this? We didn't know who the other ambassadors were, anything. And I just think of, you know, looking back four years ago, that Courtney had no idea that someday you and I would be like, live in the dream. And I just think that that's really important to remember for everyone listening you know, keep, keep going, keep doing what you're doing. Cause 
you're just one moment away from completely altering the course of your life and your dreams and and all the things. Mm, So good. Don't ask for permission. Ask for support. Chase those dreams. Oh, so good. Courtney, I love you to pieces. And the last thing I'll say too is my husband told us before we left on our road trip, he said, y'all are going to hate each other when you get back. (laughs) But I am proud to say, Courtney, I hope you agree that we love each other more than ever. Absolutely. So take that, Brent. Yeah, Brent. (laughs) All right, Courtney, love you so much. Thank you all so much for tuning in and go to backroadcowgirls.com. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube and I will see you right back here. Same time, same place next week. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of the Climbing with Coach Kaya podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please hit subscribe and leave me a review sharing what you loved most. Come hang out with me on Instagram and Facebook to keep the conversation going as we continue to find joy in the journey. Until next time, I am cheering for you, friend. Keep climbing and we'll chat soon.